podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back. This is episode 15 of this Numbers Podcast. Shout out for everybody giving positive feedback on the last one with my boy Dr. Lee about the NHS. If you haven't heard that, I suggest you go hear that, especially the lecture coming up. And NHS is something that you care about. But yeah, this podcast is just me this time. I'm going to try and make it as quick as possible about the election coming up on Thursday, the 8th of June. Alright, so boom, how do we start this? Okay, so we have an election on 8th of June to decide who is going to, or what parties, is going to run the country. How it works is that for those, some people send out postal votes, for everybody else who's registered, we'll go to a polling station and you effectively vote for who's going to be your local MP. So let's say you're in the borough of, like, let's say Hendon is your area, you vote for, let's say you want Corbyn to win, for example, really and truly you're voting for the Labour MP for Hendon. So there's 650 constituencies in the UK, each of them has an MP, and how it works is that whoever has like the number, I don't want to do the math top of my head, let's say if it's like 326, or 326 will give you a majority. So that means that whatever law you want to pass in the houses, in the House of Commons, if everyone in your party votes your way, you're good to go. So that's what um, people are aiming for. Now, I'm not one of those people that believes in guilt-tripping, shaming, and all that pathetic malarkey that we see everywhere, social media, on TV, out and about the streets, wherever, on your group chats, whatever. I don't believe in that. I don't think that's democracy. If you don't take an interest in politics, personally, I recommend that you should, because it's politics effectively details the parameters of life, really and truly. But if you, at this current state, if you do not take an interest in politics and you don't want to in the next four or five days lead up to the election, personally, I don't see no problem if you go and not voting. I would rather somebody not vote than vote haphazardly, vote blindly. Um, I opened my DMs a couple of weeks ago and I told people, listen, any question about politics, just ask me, no matter how stupid you may think it is. And I found out that quite a lot of people have been voting, but not knowing why they voted for that party. They've just been people telling me, yeah, I just vote for, I just vote for this party because my parents have, or I just thought that people like me should vote for this party, or I just voted for this party because I just had a good feeling about them. I don't feel like that's how politics should work, because that's inefficient, because if you're not actually keeping track of what these people are doing, and if it suits you and you're voting anyhow there is actually no incentive for these people to cater to your needs and wants as a member of the electorate. So, if that's not your thing, voting, it's not your thing, yeah, people died for our vote. Yeah, I get that. But why should we just go and vote blindly? I think that's stupid. I'd rather you not vote. So, I don't feel bad if you're not involved in the political process. I recommend you should, and hopefully, across listening to my podcast, you start to want to you know be more engaged in that. But don't just do it out of guilt nice bollocks F everybody don't let nobody bully you or guilt trip you or shame you to vote and that's perfect I actually people actually vote shaming that's so sad like that's a, that's a rule that's a new low anyway and also don't let people make you feel bad for who you want to vote for 
Because at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself primarily and your loved ones. When things have been going wrong in your you and your loved one's life, where have been these people who are virtually shaming you? Were they there to help pick up the pieces? I'm assuming no. So they can't tell you nada about where you vote for. Whatever your reasons is. I have um I don't align with any political party, just to give it a bit more personal feel. Um I'm not a left wing person, I'm not a right wing, I think all that stuff is bollocks. Um I don't see how one ideology can fit my views on everything. For example, like Labour, I like Labour's foreign policy views, but I despise their economic views. You see what I'm saying? So how can I really ride with them to the death when two things that I care a lot about, they have two views that I'm a different, like one I love, one I hate. Doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, don't let people, um, don't let people vote shame you. Unfortunately for a lot of people, they just lack the basic intelligence to understand that for every situation or scenario or whatever, there could be multiple outcomes. Yeah, for example, like I've seen um, on recently on social media, a lot of flack for people want to vote Tories. Just to make this clear, I've never voted for the Tories in my life. I'll be flabbergasted if there was a point in my life that I actually voted for them. I'm not voting for them this election. I don't really like their policies. I don't like what they represent. But people are vote shaming people for voting for Tories. Like, there is only one reason to vote for the Tories. Or... If you're a black person, you surely can't vote for the Tories. I, I find that stuff absurd. Like, people that are, just because you've got a decent job, you're making 30, 40, whatever, a random arbitrary figure they're throwing out there, you can't vote Tories. That's stupid. What if you as a person, you generally didn't like the number of, of immigration in this country? Like, even though me, I'm quite pro-immigration, but you can make a decent case economically and using actual facts and figures and not racism for there's a bit too much immigration in the country, if that's your thing and Tories are looking to handle that, that's a legitimate reason, that makes sense. Just because there's, like, there's not one reason globally to vote for one party. You see what I'm saying? And also, black people come in different shapes and forms, different social classes, different interests, come from different regions, let's say different regions in Africa or the Caribbean, live in different regions of London and the UK, some... Some prioritise media entertainment, some prioritise education, some prioritise NHS, some prioritise the economy. Don't be so thick, generally thick, to fit, to believe that all black people must have this one blanket view. Especially coming from the Labour side, because I'm not really seeing what Labour has done for black people in this country. If somebody's got ideas, please... Come hit me up. I'm more than happy to learn. But I don't see the incentive that's so strong on that side that it should be, like, treason to vote for Tories. Even though I won't vote for Tories, I think they're jazz. So F that shit. That's bollocks. Now, so I spoke about why I think we should vote, why I think you shouldn't vote if you don't want to. Um, what, okay, let me go about different types of votes. You can support your vote. So if you want to think, if you're thinking, rah, these parties ain't really for me, which is somewhere I'm leaning to at the moment, in between that and another party, you can spoil your ballot. And the reason why this is important is because, in the, especially in this day and age, the technology and the research, they know who's voting for who. So they could tell how many black people or Asians or migrants or white people or women or people who work in this sector, people who earn this, people at this age, vote for what? So if there's a trend for, like, let's say you're, I don't know, you're a um, 
your university student and your woman, and they've seen, rah, there's been a 30% hike in women from ages 18 to 24 that are, um, you know, um, cancelling their ballots, spoiling their ballots, sorry. The flipping politicians and the analysts are thinking, rah, that is fake. That that gap is something that we can um, what's called maximize to win our next election because I always say the incentive, the primary incentive for politicians is to win elections. Forget everything else is to win elections. So they think, okay, wow. Well, so what do, what do these people actually want? Because if we could tap into this market, we can increase our vote by X amount. So it's very very important to make your voice heard, even if you don't win. Yeah, if you may be in a safe seat, but still keep voting because one day that safe seat might not be a safety anymore. And also, you have to understand that you're not the only person in the country. Like, I see people whining with Donald Trump results and stuff like that. Listen, if that's what the people wanted, that's what the people wanted. You get me? You can't be so entitled and be put off that, yeah, I voted this time and it didn't go my way. That's ridiculous. Because if we all had that mentality, a lot of the inventions that we benefit from would not exist from just quitting like that. But yeah, enough about all that. The actual parties and the candidates and their policies. Okay, um, there's quite a lot of good materials online if you want to know about um, manifestos. You can just ask me and I can break it down for you um, privately or on Twitter or whatever. Just hit me up. But BBC got quite a good election website with a lot of information with everything you need. So the first, I'm going to do it by um, like the actual policy areas itself, the individual parties. So in terms of immigration, I'll start with the leader party, Tories. Some of the key points, they want to reduce net migration, so that's the total amount of people that come into the country, minus the total amount of people that leave the country. I've had a podcast on this, check that out, it's quite a good one. It tells you the truth about immigration. They want it to be in the tens of thousands, so I'm assuming that's from 99,000 downwards. Current, last time the figures I checked, it was at 330,000, so that's a massive reduction in immigration. They want to double the immigration skills charge. They would increase the minimum earnings threshold for family visa sponsorship. So basically, they want to make it as difficult as possible for migrants to come to this country. Um, am I going to give my personal opinion? Yeah, I will give my personal opinions. You don't have to agree with them, but um, my personal opinions will always come from more of like an economic and actual just general logical cost-benefit standpoint. <sighs> I think this is ludicrous because if you look at what immigration actually does for the country, and I've got a podcast on this, migrants tend to be net contributors. And this is very, very key because as I um, alluded to in my last podcast with my boy, um, Dr. Lee, one of the biggest problems with the NHS is that we don't have enough net contributors. What's a net contributor? Somebody that contributes more to the economy than they take out. People who tend to be um, people who are not contributing on, on terms of a net basis tend to be children because obviously they're not working and elderly people because obviously they're retired and stuff and they're more likely to use um, public health public health services, etc. Because people are living longer and because people are living longer, we have a problem where our, depend- our dependency ratio is a mess. We have l- less people bearing the burden, the tax burden, for the country. The good thing about immigration is that you have more and more people coming in to actually help with this burden. And with Brexit looming, you're making it difficult 
more difficult and less attractive for businesses if you're going to restrict migration. So I think that's a potentially bad economic policy there. Um, Labour, they want to end the freedom of movement. So the freedom of movement is basically if you're in the EU, if you're EU um, civilian, you can move in between the EU countries calmly. You don't need a visa. So those that have been to places like Spain and France, you will know this. You don't need a visa. Like, let's say you're going to Brazil or the United States. So even that, I know Corbyn is uh, he was up for Brexit, but I'm not fan of that either for similar reasons. Labour want to take student numbers out of uh, immigration numbers. Same thing with the Liberal Democrats. I don't like this because it then it then distorts the figure. Because if you look at 2014, 150,000 migrants came on study purposes. That is a big big chunk of the immigration numbers. So I don't like that. With Liberal Democrats, they're actually still up for freedom of movement, which I agree with. And I think that puts us in the best situation in terms of Brexit negotiations because I personally don't believe the EU will give us a beneficial deal if we do not allow EU civilians to move freely within the UK and out. Um, Liberal Democrats want to wanna bring in as many high-skilled high migrants, which is obviously good for the economy, but... On a more micro level, that may be not as good for high schooled workers here because that increases competition. But in my opinion, the game's a game. They want to um, remove students, as I said before, which I'm not really a fan of, remove students from the immigration figures. And also, they want to take in 50,000 Syrian refugees across the next five years, which I think is could be quite a controversial policy, especially with the unfortunate terrorist attacks that's happening now. People are quite you know, feeling quite somehow about letting people in the country, especially from such regions. But I do feel that with all the evil that the UK has been a part of in the history of the world, I think this is one of their moral obligations, in my opinion. In terms of the economy, which is a big thing for me, it's a bit of a mess. What was that? Oh, my charger. Sorry about that. Um, the Tories, they want to balance balance the budget, so in terms of the debt in the economy by 2025, They've been doing quite a good job of kind of um, sorting out the deficit, um, mainly by <laughs> a lot of cuts. Um, they don't want to increase VAT, which is good for us consumers because obviously prices don't go up. Because if you increase VAT, that's increasing the tax on goods and services, which obviously increases the price of goods and services, which obviously <laughs> us spending money because consumers don't want. They want to increase the personal allowance. The personal allowance is basically, okay, say, um, let's say you're working you got your job, you earn, let's say, 25k. Your personal allowance is the amount that the government doesn't tax you on at all. So for the first 12... So currently it's 11,500. They want to increase it to 12,500. So for the for 12,500 of the money you earn out of your 25, you don't get taxed on, which is obviously good because it gives you £1,000 more tax-free money. Uh, also, they want to review business rates. They don't really have... They had like four lines in their manifesto about how they're going to deal with companies finessing the tax system. And they want to um, further reduce corporation tax, which I think is a good thing. If you look at quite a lot of economic studies and quite a lot of other countries, France, Germany, etc., they're looking to go this route of reducing corporation tax because it, it does show that you reduce corporation tax, it's beneficial to the economy, and you also actually gain more money in terms of the money received from your taxation which makes sense. 
because you're taxing to receive money, right? So surely you want to have the optimal tax rate to receive the most money. Very, <laughs> very opposite from Labour. I personally think Labour's economic policies are absolute farce. Um, I think Labour... In fact, let me talk about the policy first before I start writing about Labour. Um, they want to have... I do like this policy, a £250 billion stimulus package. They want to invest a lot of money into the economy, which is one thing they have over the Tories. The Tories aren't really talking about reinvestment into the economy, into people. Well, that's what Labour are on, which is good for the economy. So I respect them for that. They don't want to increase national insurance or VAT, which is obviously good for us, so that's less money coming out of our pockets. However, they want to, in- they want to increase corporation tax to 26%, which is like about 7% rise from where it is now at 19 And if on a net basis, if, if the Tories win, they want to reduce it to 17 So that's, that's like a 10% different, no, 9% differential. I don't like that idea for for reasons I just stated. That Okay, look at it like this. Taxation is a cost to a business, right? So, if you are increasing corporation tax, corporation tax is a tax on profits, by the way, you're effectively eating into the profits of businesses. If you're eating, in, for every every pound taken away from profits of a business, that's one pound less that they can use to reinvest and then take on more staff. So, on a net basis, it's not really a great idea for the economy, especially especially at certain rates. To increase it by that rate, I think is totally absurd. Um, they were, Obviously, of course, Labour, they want to increase um, the taxing on the earners that earn over £80,000. I see a lot of talk about this. It's quite a hot topic. People say, yeah, they can afford it. We need to, you know, tackle the wealth inequality in the country. Wealth and income are not the same thing. Wealth is more of like your asset base, asset base. So you've got houses, you've got gold, you've got stocks, etc. Income is literally just the money that you receive in. Labour's policy is probably more damaging on the high earners. So these are people, professionals or businessmen or whatever, that have worked worked fairly hard and been successful in their career. They they are getting penalised. If you want to tackle the wealth you actually have to go after people's assets not their income and people say oh they need to pay their fair share they can afford it no this is ridiculous so let me tell you why it's ridiculous as i've said in the politics talks i've been to and if people follow me they must see this me saying this a million times this is not a fair share thing this is basically a robin hood thing because if you're talking about fair share these people make up a small percentage of taxpayers, but they pay 40% of income tax receipts. That is absurd. This group, this small group of people, I think it's 1.8 million, or something like that. I, can't I don't know why I forgot the figure. I know this figure. I'll probably correct it later. These people are contributing to 40%. So... Income tax is obviously is your tax on your earnings, on your wages, your salary. So for every ten pound note the government receives in this tax, four pound comes from this. Four pounds of it comes from these people that are targeting. That's bonkers. Only fifty six percent of adults in the working age, so that's from sixteen to sixty five, currently pay 
income tax. And you're talking about but nah, that's cheeky. That's ridiculous. And yeah, everyone's like, oh, labor of cost of their policies. First of all, independent think tanks have shown that there's holes. There's like, like I think it's 82 billion hole in labor's costing. And if you look at the method that labor used to cost their policies, they are assuming that once they make these policies, people's behavior doesn't change. People who've been listening to dysonomics know, always say incentive affects behavior. It's, to me, it's common sense. If a man is up in your costs, you react to it. For example, if I tell you, ah, do you know what, yeah? Your rent is doubled. You're paying six bills a month, £600 a month, sorry. It's now gone up to £1,200. You, you're not going to react to that. Of course you are. You're going to you're gonna have to make change because you're not just going to say, okay, cool. I'm going to absorb this cost and still maintain the same lifestyle, make the same investments, make the same purchases. You're not going to do that. You're going to react to that to still try to live your best life, for lack of a better phrase. So, yeah, so if Labour... So let's say Labour win and they do implement this policy, what the businesses are going to do, they're going to react to the increase in corporation tax. So they might say, okay, boom. Do you know what? This is a, this is a 7% increase in our tax costs, so we're going to reduce investment to, to, to balance it up. Or we're going to hire less people this year. Or for small business, maybe let go of less people, let go of more people. Same thing with the high earners. They might think, okay, cool. I'll make contracts now instead. So if you start a contract instead of being on um, PAYE, when you're a contractor, because I was a contractor as well, and, and other people know, can tell you this, you pay corporation tax. So instead of these men say, okay, cool, you're paying, let's say you're on, eight, you're on 100,000, you pay, I don't know, 40,000, 30 something thousand in terms of income tax. If you're a contractor, you pay corporation tax, and the way you can where you where you use your accounting, you barely pay any taxation. So that's how people can react to that. Or they could change the structure of their contracts so their taxable allowance changes. Or they could just move. <laughs> so what does that do to the tax pot that um, Labour think they're going to earn? I can, I'll, I'll happily bet my life. That if they win, and this is what they do, the money they think they're going to receive from tax is going to be less. Way less. Even less than the government currently receives now. But that's my personal theory. I, I, I really have a problem with people trying to equalise outcomes. You can't equalise outcomes, you can't equalise opportunities. Don't punish people for doing well. That's bollocks. Anyway, Lib Dems. They want to reduce the GDP debt ratio... Okay, I'm not going to go into that. Basically, that's too, that sounds kind of geeky. Just basically, they want to help reduce debt. They want to do it, uh, They want to have a 1p increase in tax to help fund the NHS. So they're kind of in between the Tories and the Labour in terms of NHS funding. They want to invest 100, they want to borrow 100 million pounds to reinvest in infrastructure and stuff like broadband, schools, all that type of stuff, which I think is a fantastic idea. When you're borrowing to invest, is good because everybody has a kind of anti-borrowing debt thing. But if you're borrowing to invest, that's good because that could help the economy make even more money than it does now. So I'm a fan of that. They also want to reverse the corporation tax cuts, planned tax cuts, which I'm not a fan of personally. But in my opinion, I think they have the best economic policy as well as immigration policy. 
So I respect them for that still. Now, housing, this is something that's important to most people, especially young people. If you look at the policies, we've got conservatives. Their main thing is they want to build more fixed-term council houses and they'll sold private and they'll be sold privately after 10 to 15 years with automatic right to buy for tenants. I'm not a fan of that because that's still kind of distorting the housing market. So right to buy, so people who live in the housing associations or social housing, if they live in us for a certain amount of time, they can buy the property on a discount. I don't obviously that's good for those people in that situation, but I think that's just distorting the housing market. Especially in a housing market like the UK, which is which is a massive market. They want to build one million homes by the end of 2020. So obviously this is important because obviously from a demand supply basis, the more houses there are, the more you're willing to um, to fulfill the um, the demand for housing, which should help push your price down. But that's just that's just not enough. That's just not enough. And they want to um, help reduce half of rough sleeping for homeless people, which is a good thing. Labour want to introduce controls on rent rises. I'm kind of here and there about that because I do like the ideology because the rent is so expensive, especially in the London area. But I don't really like artificial involvement. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm personally here and there about that one. They want to suspend the right to buy policy, which I agree with. They want to build at least 100,000 council and housing association homes per year, which I completely and utterly despise. I know it just sounds harsh, but I do believe that human beings should have shelter. But building more and more discount housing is not going to help the housing market. It's just going to make it even worse because then you just have a bigger shortage of actual houses in the market for actual buyers and actual people willing to rent. So I don't. that doesn't solve the problem. They also want to make 4,000 additional homes for rough sleepers, which I do I, I do believe we need to get um, homeless people off the streets. This country makes way too much money for us to have this many homeless people on the streets. The Liberal Democrats, they want to build 300,000 new homes a year, which is obviously a good thing. So that would be fairly similar commitment to the Conservative Party. Also, what they want to do is this is my favorite policy out of all of them is allow councils to charge 200 200% council tax on foreign owned empty homes which is absolutely fantastic because rich foreigners shout out to them because this is flipping genius they're using especially london housing market as bank accounts as they're losing them as savings accounts or even investment fund accounts however you want to depict the thing because they know they can come here they can, they'll buy houses in cash because it's another easy way to wash money as well. Buy houses in cash. Because why have a savers account, which is giving you, let's say, or bank account, giving you, let's say, 3-4% on your money, when you could buy a home in London, which is going to rise by 10% year in, year out. It's a no-brainer. And they'll just leave these yards empty. Especially areas in West London, Notting Hill, Maidavell, Marble Arch. Empty houses by, bought by rich Chinese, Russian, Arabic, Nigerian, etc. And you're taking houses off the market. You're not even putting them on rent. You're not looking to sell them. So you're reducing the supply, but the demand is still crazy. I personally think we should be taxing them 
out of their ears. If they're gonna make, if they're gonna enjoy this money, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to pay a price for it. Cause it's not like they use this money and reinvest it back in our economy. Nah, they're not. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Now, if we look at healthcare, whew, um, I have a post. The Conservatives, they just want to destroy the NHS. As my boy said, Dr. Lee, on the last podcast, they're going to make the NHS such a poor service, it will break the will of the people because the NHS is inbuilt culturally into the DNA of Brits. British people, whatever race, are proud of the NHS. We love the NHS. So we're not trying to let it go. But they're trying to make it so awful that we're actually begging for an alternative. So, boy, if, if NHS is your thing, I don't think you're going to be voting conservative. So they want a, an 8 billion increase to the NHS um, budget compared to the current level. But obviously, for those who saw when it asked Theresa May where the 8 billion is going to come from, she was tweaking on a mad one. She didn't, she didn't have a Scooby because they're probably not going to do it. They want the cost of care homes to be capped. Their, their care heart, oh, Jesus. Let's even move on. I don't want to get angry. <laughs> Labour, they want to commit 30 billion extra funds, which is a lot of money over the next five years. They want to reverse privatizations and return um, health services to public control, which is going to be very, very difficult to reverse the PFIs, which is um, basically where governments just basically sell off arms of the NHS to um, private contractors, so they bid, whoever's the highest bidder, well, apparently, and these people effectively run these um, branches, let's say it's IVF, they'll run IVF, and they will charge NHS a lease fee with an interest rate across a 20, 25 year period. But what's happening is that we're getting bumped out of our brains. We're paying over the odds for substandard services, because if you think about it, if you've got a contract guaranteed for 20, 25 years, and you're the only one providing it, you have no competition. So all you have to do is provide the cheapest possible service and you're laughing because there's no alternative and you're eating the profits. They want to guarantee access to NHS treatment within 18 weeks and any within four hours. Yeah, this is all well and good, but the problem is that this is more of a cultural problem. The accessibility, people just go to any need for the sake of it. From 2003 to 2016, there's a 10% increase in the population. But in terms of people going to hospitals, A&E, the increase is 65%. That is a massive increase. You're, you're going to need to change the culture because people go A&E because they know it's there. It's free at a point of access, but obviously you pay for it with your national insurance and all that type of stuff. But when you actually go there, money's not leaving your hands. So as my boy said in the last podcast, I agree with him, unless you're putting charges, let's say a £10 three time you go to A&E and stuff like that, you're not going to stop people keep going to A&E. So this is just a pipe dream. The Liberal Democrats, they want to add a 1p onto each way of income tax to raise money as well. So they're, gonna, they're trying to raise more money than the, um, than the Tories, but not as much as the, what's it called? The Labour Party. They want to ring fence that money for the NHS and, and um, social health care. So that's like, actually, this increase in taxation is going to be actually put primarily for these um, healthcare services. 
They're big on mental health. They want to ensure mental health care, waiting time, standards, match those of physical health care. They want to introduce their wealth NHS whistleblowing hotline. All these are well and good things, but they, do, they don't really challenge the actual fundamental problems. But in my opinion, I'll say Labour probably has the best NHS policy because they're willing to actually put the money where their mouth is. But money is not enough. You're going to have to... We're gonna, we can't offer a completely free appointed access service, in my opinion, and in many people's opinions that have studied these things. Um, we could keep going on for days about policies, but you're probably bored about that by now. But honestly, any information, just ask me. I'll put you in the right direction, or I'm willing to discuss things with you. But, yeah, my, my overall, I'll give my personal opinion on the election. Um, I think we have, uh, personally, from a pragmatic point of view, so from idea about who's going to make things work, I think we have a really bad choice, which is quite reflective of the American ones, but they're probably a bit more evil in nature, um, Donald Trump and um, Hillary Clinton. We don't have a great choice. However, at least... They're not as evil. I'm not sure if that's really a positive. Um, in terms of the candidates themselves... Um, Farron from Liberal Democrats, I think he came a quite came a quite um sorry he came across quite well in the recent debates, but unfortunately for him, um, Nick Clegg snaked the thing. So for those who don't know, in the 2010 election, I believe, uh, Conservatives won, but they didn't have a majority, so they um, coincided with the Liberal Democrats to force a, to create a coalition, which is really strange because they're quite on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of ideology. And quite a lot of their policies did not match up, which was a big blow for Liberal Democrats because they were slowly getting more and more and more ground and almost making it more of a three-party race than a two-party race eventually. But he, Nick Clegg, showing what I believe what politicians are about primarily is personal gain because that's what we are as human beings if we're keeping it true. He's like, right, I could be the Deputy Prime Minister. Straight. <laughs> At the detriment of his political party for the next how many generations. So I think people still don't trust the Liberal Democrats. That's why they got smashed to pieces in the 2015 election. But unfortunately for them, that's that's their reality. But I do... I'm, I'm not lying. I'm quite impressed with their policies. Some of them I don't really mess with. But I'm personally more impressed with Farron than all the other candidates and their policies. I think they're way more in tune with reality. Uh, Labour, their heart's in the right place. They really want to reverse the austerity measures by um, the late, um, the Conservative Party. They they really want to reinvest in people. They want to help the NHS. They want to tackle wealth inequality. But their policies just don't add up. Like, they do... Like, for example, in terms of the, like, the financial sector policies, they want to... They want to tackle how executives are paid. They want to say, yeah, we want shareholders to vote on executive members on the board pay package, packages. Also, as I told you, the taxation on £80,000 earners and higher, which quite a lot of them tend to be in the financial sector. And then also, for those who are a bit more interested in finance, you'll know about this. They want to they wanna have that transaction tax where they want to put a tax on all the trades made in the markets, which is just... It's like, do you... And, and of course, increase corporation tax. It's like, do you not want these people to do business in your country? Like, this is one of the most, this is one of the most profitable sectors in the UK. The finance sector contributes to 11% of tax receipts by the government. 11%. And you want to play with that. 
and say, I know the big, big corporations, the big elites are finessing the game. This this is known. It's a very difficult thing to tackle. But you've got to tackle it smartly. These plans, you're creating too many um, contradicting incentives. You've got to understand, yeah, these you want to tackle these big businesses, but these businesses also employ people. <laughs> so you really got to be really smart and shrewd about how you go about things. So that's my that's my main gripe with labour, and they really want to equalise outcomes and opportunities. You can't equalise outcomes. That's stupid. I'm not find out whatsoever. I do like what they want to do with NHS, but I still think they're deluding the fact that you just throw a lot more money at it. If you look at our country's setup, we have less. The tax burden is falling on less and less people because people are living longer. And as my boy said in the last podcast, I'll keep referring to. The price of medicine keeps going up and up and up and up and up. So to provide a service is getting more and more expensive, but the people putting the tax money in is reducing. So and you can't keep asking the same man for more peace. Like it don't work like that. So that's my main gripe with the Labour Party. Conservatives, oh Lord, where do we start? Um especially like for those who are listening, you probably heard about the recent attacks in um in the London Bridge area, we've had a Manchester attacks. We had attacks um, by Westminster um, a few months ago as well. This is kind of even increasing their political agenda to be more authorita- authoritarian, more watching us, more trying to reduce our freedom, which I do not mess with at all. Luckily, since the Conservatives have been in charge, the economy has been getting better. But I'm not sure if that's down to conservatives or actually down to actual natural market forces. But eventually, with the conservatives' policy, the economy is going to take a down turn for turn for the worse, which I'm not a fan of whatsoever. The immigration policy, I think, is just downright disgusting. Um, obviously, because they're actually attributing quite a lot of the blame of what's going on in the country to immigrants. And as I said on my immigration podcast, they have limited data to back up their claims. So, yeah, I know this sounds doom and gloom. However, you don't have to agree with me because some people, like, I come from a more of an economic state of mind. Your thing could be more social, more ideological. I, 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 I understand why some people want to vote for Labour. I understand why people, some people want to vote Lib Dems. Some people want to vote Green Party. Some people want to vote Conservative. I understand. And I'm not going to trash anybody for it. I may trash you if you say certain policies can run and they won't, but not for your views. Like, it's very important to remember that we all think differently, we all have our own incentives. So if your thing is you vote because you want to have the, you're looking at your own personal pocket, look at the policies or ask me or whatnot, do your thing. If you want to look at, let's say, the community, let's say you're an Asian, the Asian community in the UK or the black community, blah, 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 do your thing. If your thing is the economy, do your thing. NHS, defence spending, foreign policy, whatever matters to you, that's your vote. Don't feel bad because I'll tell you for free, the people pretending that, yeah, we care about everybody else, when things are going wrong, where are they for you? If they're not about, you don't need to hear any of that chance. But yeah. Oh yeah, and another quick point, for those people who are saying, yeah, Labour going to freeze our taxes, watch out for that, because 
firstly, with their policies, if they win, they'll probably have to up the tax anyway because they can't afford everything like that. And secondly, if Labour still want to go ahead of their plans to nationalise, um, and that's basically take control, the government control of like sectors such as the rail sector and the gas sector, so that's like, take control of the six main um, gas companies, they go, you're going to have to buy out these companies, for one, which costs billions upon billions upon billions, and you're going to have to run it. This money is not going to come. This is not GTA. You can't do money cheat. This money is going to come, have to come from somewhere. So eventually, when the co- when these costs start to hit the books, they're going to have to balance it, and they're going to have to raise the taxes across the board, and that's reality. So watch out for that. But yeah, if you're going to be involved in, the, in this election process, make your voice heard, man. Do your thing. Whether you're voting for Tories, Labour, Lib Dems, don't think because you're black, Asian, or woman you earn 50 bags or whatever, that you should vote one way. That's complete and utter bollocks. Don't let nobody tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. And if anyone tells you otherwise, tell them to holler me. I'll tell them to suck out in seven different languages because that's total, total crap. Democracy is about each individual utilising their voice. And let's not pretend that we do not act on a daily basis in our self-interest. Because everyone says they don't, they're a flipping liar. But yeah. June 8th, do your thing, people. Pattern up, flip this money, then we stack it up. Burning bridges, niggas acting up. She on my body like I'm tied up. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. I'ma get this money, I'ma grab it up. I've been stacking, I've been stacking, just wait till I pattern up. Pattern up, flip this money, then we stack it up. Burning bridges, niggas acting up. She on my body like I'm tied up. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. I ain't seen nobody bad as hard. Sports Social Podcast Network.